Generals, as usual, this podcast is brought to you by Shirt Caviar. Visit shirtcaviar.com today and pick up that exclusive One Gram Army t-shirt. And check out other t-shirt designs so sick, you won't be able to help but shirt yourself. Also, you can support this podcast directly by visiting patreon.com slash onegramarmy. Patrons receive access to exclusive content and a shout-out on each and every episode of this podcast for the life of their subscription. And now, on to the show. Welcome. Welcome to the One Grand Army Podcast. Thank you for listening to my daddy's stupid podcast. And remember, his head is full of doo-doo, so don't listen to anything he says. Generals, welcome to the One Grand Army Podcast. I am Graham. Listen to me. We've got a special one today. My guest today joining me via the One Gram Army hotline, which you can dial to at 847-665-9238. You leave a message and you get involved in this intensely silly nonsense that I have going on around here. Um, excuse me. I hope everyone's okay. A little bit of business. Don't forget uh, that you can visit shirtcaviar.com and uh, get One Gram Army inspired t-shirts all manner of designs, they're face shields now, and if you use the code OGA at checkout, you can save 10%, and uh, I encourage you to do it, so that way Tony knows that uh, my listeners are supporting him, and we certainly miss him around here. Again, welcome. Um, Yeah, so uh, my guest today is uh, Annie Walker. She is the founder uh, head of HR and HBIC over at a little company called The Cool People, uh, and they make a product that you may find incredibly useful uh, as time goes forward, uh, and most of us are spending a great deal of time at home. But I digress, and I slow things down, so let's get Annie on the horn and see what's going on. It's ringing. This is the best part. Hello? Annie, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I really appreciate you doing this. You're taking quite a flyer here. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, what are you going to be talking about? I'm like, I don't know. I like surprises. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, for people who are familiar with this podcast, what we're going to be talking about is literally whatever comes up, and I promise it's more than likely going to be horrific nonsense, but we will... We will check all the boxes so that it's not a completely pointless appearance. No, anything works for me. Yeah. So, how are you guys holding up out there? Good. It's really nice out here, actually. Like, I live in a smaller town of Florida, which is like my husband and I's first time ever living in a tiny town. Uh-huh. And so, our rate is really low. Like, we have eighty-five people, eighty-eight people total. So. The community is like holding up pretty well. That's yeah, that that's good to hear because I'm in Georgia and I'm not in a particularly large area, but I am in an area of dense population where people do not seem to want to play ball. So I feel like we're going to be hungered in here for <sighs> quite some time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's true. There are people, I would say 65% of people out here are not really following the rules. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So we, as long as we do our part. I feel like that's what matters. That's really all you can do, you know, and that's, you know, I've always Mm -hmm. adopted that Nick Offerman philosophy. Can you hear me okay? 
Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I've always kind of adopted that Nick Offerman philosophy with most the, most things in my life where I just try to paddle my own canoe, um, but it is, it's yeah. difficult to not get frustrated with other people because I would also like to leave my house at some point. Yes, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had been I had been making a concerted effort not to discuss what I'm referring to as the event on the podcast, but at, when I have guests, it's it's inevitable because we're always, you know, we're all concerned about each other and checking in on one another. I didn't have any concerns about you and your husband, you know, being like, "What I want to do is go to Applebee's." So, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't worried that you guys weren't, you know, uh, I don't even want to use the word complying anymore because it's you know we're kind of in a similar situation you being in Florida and me being in Georgia where you could be complying and putting everyone at risk at the same time mm-hmm. exactly yeah so I, I I try not to use the word comply so I guess maybe you know just doing the right thing mm-hmm yes exactly yeah while a lot of other people in our states tend to not feel as strongly as we do yeah they want to get to their lives and everything and you're like come on you can sacrifice like a couple of months out of the year instead of sacrificing years and if we don't stop this now we're going to continue this for a very long time yeah so just like take this like this is like the end of the school year it's it's almost summertime like everybody wants to enjoy themselves but there are some people that make it impossible to do that because we all know that if you don't stop then during this time that it's only inevitably going to get worse. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's like, yeah, it's like every, it, it, it's been one of the more frustrating things for me too, though, is that it's, there's this lack of understanding on the part of all these people who are like, well, I'm sick of being in my house. So I'm going out. And I'm like, but every time you do that, we have to stay in the house longer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is, it is incredibly frustrating. Yeah. I don't mean to, Excuse me. I don't mean to. Dwell, no, no. I don't mean to dwell on the event too much, but I am glad to hear you guys are doing well, um, and we're doing good here too. You know, it's just me and my daughter here in our quarantine. Um, I'm desperately waiting for my girlfriend to hit like you know 21 days because she worked in a dental clinic. So, def- oh yeah. So definitely when all this started, we you know unfortunately had to you know separate from one another, and then uh, they closed her office down like a week ago. So we're just sort of counting down the days. Until it's possibly safe. I'm going with like 21, 25 days just to be for sure. But um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because we're on. I I actually just looked at it. I was just on my phone and I looked at we're actually at day 47 here. And I I didn't realize it had been that long. Oh, I feel like it's been so much longer than that. Yeah. (laughs) I've been saying like six weeks, which is right about that. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, it feels like a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I kind of, I, I feel like I kind of settled into it real quickly. You know, it was like, it was like once that yeah. initial 14 days of terror passed where I woke up every day wondering if we were all just sitting around waiting to die. Um, once <laughs> once that passed, you know, I mean, I, I my daughter's super resilient. She's actually helped push me through most of this. Um, and I built a wiffle ball Amazing. field in the backyard and we exercise and she has her schoolwork to do. And, uh, you know, we talk to our friends and she talks to her grandparents all the time on duo. So, uh, I mean, we're holding up pretty well. It's been a major, major point for me, you know, like mentally to not complain about quarantine, though, just because of the alternatives are so horrific. Yeah. You know, yeah. I tend to like I find the same thing. Like, I'm not complaining 
this is normal for me. It's oh, not yeah. normal for my husband to be home this, this long. He's <laughs> yeah. usually traveling a lot. Yeah. And so for me, this is like, I'm used to this. Like I am so happy being a homebody um, and being able to work all the time. And I'm a fortunate one. So I try really hard not to complain about this time because things could be so much worse, so much worse. Yeah. And I have, I'm very fortunate yeah. and grateful for like this time right now. Yeah, absolutely. For like what we have. Yeah. And be, yeah. Being in a situation where you can, you know, work from home and you can't isolate yourself and take care of yourself. It's huge. And yeah, and I've, I've made a very concerted effort to not complain uh, mm-hmm. outside of the whole, you know, thing, not being able to see my girlfriend. That's been a little rough, but other than that, that's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a small sacrifice sorry for, that. for the, yeah. you know, health, health of my community, even if they don't you know, some give people, a shit. Some people, would pro- some people would probably be envious of you, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be with your spouse twenty four seven. There is, there, look, I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you. Andy, there is, there is a, uh, there is a, a, a modicum of that because when all this first started, you know, I, I was like, look, you know, if you want to, if we absolutely have to, if they lock us down, you know, you just, you know, just bring all your stuff over here, and then there was there's kind of just this long pause where we kind of stared at each other. And we're both like, well, no, what we'll do is <laughs> you stay at your place and I'll stay here, you know, and hopefully we can wait out enough time to where we can see each other. Because I'm sure that that is that is wearing on a lot of people, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because, like, you both have to try to find something to do together 24-7, whereas most people are only trying to find something to do on the weekend. Yeah, or like Two the last of couple the, hours like, of, the of the day. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So the whole like routine change for everybody is a big shock. Yeah. And 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 I understand that. And I Again. I'm not part of that group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, I love my husband and my husband and I get along so well and so this isn't this honestly isn't very difficult for us. But yeah. I know a lot of other people that are yeah, like, struggling what do we do with now? It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to be specific about it, but I know a few people who are still going to work in their offices strictly because they need that they need the time away from their significant other, and I definitely know of some who are using that time to see the other significant other, and I'm like, "Listen, oh, we are going to be stuck in here forever. Would you please stop that?" Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I do know a couple of people that are still going to the office to escape, and and I get it, but I don't get it because it's just an irresponsible decision sometimes. But oh, other yeah. people have to do it, and so yeah, right. You know, we ha- we have you can't really like tell anybody what else to do. No, so absolutely, and like I said, you know, and, and that's what yeah. I'm glad to hear when I talk to people. Everybody we know mutually, I promise, everyone I've spoken to is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's good to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's yeah. not like a cross section of people I know who are like, this is a Chinese hoax and I'm going to go get my haircut. Although, uh, you know, here in Georgia, you can go get your haircut today if you want. And the barbershop yes, are packed. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, they're packed. They're packed. I got a message from my barbershop telling, you know, letting me know, hey, we're back in business. Come on oh, down. And I was like, you know it. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till Monday. So I can go get my hair cut and then go sit at Ruby Tuesdays, you know, inside. That's what, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> that's what I'm looking you forward know, to. It sounds, it, sounds, 
it sounds terrible to for these businesses to be open because they're the ones that are going to be open right now. It's not creating like a, in my mind, it doesn't create like an equal business balance. No, because like if there are certain ones that are open and so many people want to get their hair done and their nails done and just get out of the house and do something that they were normally doing. It's taking away from the other businesses that are being responsible about it. Absolutely. So it's an unfair advantage. Yeah. Well, it's an unfair advantage economically, and it's it's short-sighted, as is most of this, you know, bucking the system bullshit is where, like, the... um, it's short-sighted in that you're going to open up and then your business is going to become a vector for infection and then you're going to have to shut down again. Having yeah, having made exactly. things far worse. God damn it, Wait, Annie, this is dark. Have you thought about... Like, <laughs> this is dark. What? I said, God damn it, this is getting dark. Well, go ahead. Yeah, this, it's literally the only thing <laughs> well, to talk also, about. Yeah. Well, I ha- the only other thing that like I have to say about it is like what happens if these businesses that open up um, are linked to people actually catching the coronavirus after all of this. And then what if anybody of those dies and they can retrace it right back to the hair salon or tattoo parlor or whatever is open right now? Yep. I think that that's a very dangerous, irresponsible move on any business owner's part. Listen, historically, there is, it's, it's probably between America and the UK, but there's almost no country that's ever existed. And it's not a new thing. People are always like, oh, everybody just want to, wants to sue people nowadays. If you study like 18th century America, like this country has been incredibly litigious for the entirety of its existence. And I don't think anybody, mm-hmm. anybody, employers, company owners, small business owners, restaurant owners are prepared for the shitstorm of uh litigation that is going to come down on the back end of this yes exactly i mean that exactly nobody's prepared for that yeah because i mean here they took forever to close the schools and all the emails i sent to the school board and to my state representative i was like there is no doubt that you're leaving yourselves legally liable on the back end of this there's no question Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. It just, yeah, it's all of this short-sightedness is, you know, going to be, it's not only going to prolong it, but it's going to make the other side of it worse. Um, Now, in a more positive way, what I was actually thinking about today, um, and really the reason I I wanted to have you on too was because I'm just, I'm trying to, uh, you know, give people I know an opportunity to promote their businesses or whatever they're up to, or even just, you know, get shit off their chest, you know, which... We've definitely spent the first 15 minutes venting there, which is cathartic to say the least. <laughs> um, but also I was, I couldn't help but think about it, Cause the last time I saw you, cause I mean, obviously we've, we've known each other for a bazillion years, like since we were kids. And uh, the last, yeah. the last time I saw you was actually at Luke's wedding. Um, and I, I've talked to several people who we bumped into while we were there. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like Luke's wedding was, I think it was my favorite wedding I've ever been to. Yeah. I think I had more fun. I will. I will agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, and it was, it was, it was euphoric, not only because I was trashed, but it was euphoric because, you know, like we all got to see each other and it was all the like old gang from when we were teenagers. And then also 
for obviously people who are listening who weren't there don't know like this was not like a particularly fancy wedding by any stretch like they had it a, oh, no. a nice church yeah. out in the country in Wisconsin and then the place where they had the reception was like how would you describe that place what is that I have absolutely no idea like maybe a hall of some sort like with a yeah. makeshift bar yeah, yeah, it was. It yeah, it was like a. I don't get even eat dinner. I don't remember eating dinner. Yeah, <laughs> there was food. I remember there was like a buffet, but stuff started kicking in on me right when it was time to eat, and I was like, oh, I was all of a sudden I'm not that hungry. But I, like, yeah, the, uh, I agree. Yeah. I think that's what happened to all of us. Yeah, we're all hanging out in the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what was dope about it too, was because it was like it was in like. I think you can look it up probably if you're listening online. It was, it's really, it's near the Mars cheese castle, which is sort of like a landmark for Chicagoans who are going into Wisconsin. Um, and it's, yeah, it was, it was like, it was kind of like a hall, like a, re- it was like a reception hall where you would do a thing like that. But then we like accidentally yeah. discovered that it was connected to the world's largest dive bar. Like, it was like a complex oh of dive yes. bars. Do you remember that? We like walked through that empty room and Yes. And it was so random because like it was just so random that we found that. It, I remember walking through the hall like on the red velvet carpet that looked like like the hotel in the shining. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was old style like that all wood like the the chestnut color wood walls yep. that had all of the the inlay on them. And then that like old red carpet. Yeah, it was like, like Murph in the style carpet. Yeah, it was like Murph in the Magic Tones and the Blues Brothers. It was like that era of decorating, you know, and like fake knotty yes. pine and stuff. And th- yeah, and then that was crazy too because we all went to that bar, and I remember there were like at one point there were like ten or twelve of us at the bar, and we all ordered drinks and shots. And I was intending yeah. on getting everybody's drinks anyway, and the lady was like, "Yeah, it's like thirty bucks," and I was like, "Well, you might as well just do it again." What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it was everything was so cheap, and then that was what was cool too because we all just ended up hanging out and kicking it in the parking lot. And Luke and his wife came out there; she was just like out there in the parking lot in her wedding dress, goofing off with us. Mhm. Yep. Behind the, all the cars, like sitting on the curb. Yep. Like I remember, like like you said that we had all met up, and this, like, this was the first time that I had seen guys that I had grown up with since I was three, yep. and I hadn't seen them since high school, and they were my best friends growing up and neighbors. Yeah. And then, like, getting to see them. Nothing had changed. Like everybody always says, like nothing changes between old friends. It's true. And nothing changed. Like I saw you guys and I was like, oh, we're like 16 years old again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, because I remember you being like, Graham, do you remember me? I was like, yeah, you used to be at Forest View. Those are all, that's all my memories. (laughs) Yeah. Those are all, those are all the things I remember. Yeah. No, that was, that was such a wonderful time. Um, And yeah. I, you know, I what's interesting too about that was that kind of came full circle later because you do you remember Nick Nick Wright his brother Chris was my yeah. age, Nick was y'all's age. Um, he lived in Portland for a while and he lived in Portland at the time when that happened and he had like just bumped into some dude on the street who saw him wearing a White Sox hat and the dude was like, hey, are you from Chicago? And he was like, yeah, me too. And Nick was like, where? And he was like, Evanston. And they was like, hold on a second. And it and they talked for a second and it was Luke's brother. Noah lives Noah, in Portland. Serious. 
Yeah, and they bumped into each other just on the street, like in front of a taco stand. Oh my gosh, how random is that? I know, right? Yeah, Noah listens to this podcast. Wow. We, you know, we interact on Twitter and all that. But yeah, it was bonkers to hear that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Noah is um, was like my older brother Nick's best friend. Mm-hmm. So I've known I've been Luke since I was a baby. Yeah, because they grew up since they were probably four years old, three years old. Because I remember Noah as a little kid. Yeah, I don't. I remember him like when I was really little, and he was like mischief with my brother at the age <laughs> of like nine years old, and running around with their shoes on backwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I moved to Chicago in, like, sixth grade, Luke and Scott were, like, the two guys. Like, we hung tight and all the way up through and out and through it. And, you know, uh, Thomas Phelan and all oh those guys. Gosh. What I, ref- I refer to as the North Evanston Mafia, like, all of the most troubled kids from that yep. area all yep. just sort of, like, <laughs> congregated. <laughs> we were like, went to summer school. Yeah, we all you know, <laughs> committed petty crimes during the summer when we were bored. <laughs> You know exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if you know that was the group that I hung out with. If anybody's listening, that's the group that we hung out with. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, at, see, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this. Very few people remember this, but so there was one summer where in North Evanston, um, there's an alley that runs per, uh, parallel to Central Street that runs like basically like all the way from Great Harvest all the way up into yeah. you know Skokie. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, it's a, yeah. For whatever reason, um, that alley there that summer, and I think it was like between junior and senior year, it, there was so much renovation and construction going on that, like, if you walked that alley from like Bent Park all the way down to Green Bay, there were like twenty porta potties in the alley. Yes, and yep. we spent. Yes, because my my best friend and I we used to. Um, like go into the the jewels parking lot mm-hmm. onto like the second floor. Oh yeah, because everything was under construction. Yep. Yep. And but so that alley in particular, though, so these construction companies left all mm-hmm. these uh, porta potties around. And the way it started was, you know, where the Uncle Buck house is, the movie where they, the house where they filmed Uncle Buck over by yes. the Forest Preserve. Yeah. So that yes. house was being renovated. And uh, you know, it was me and Scott and Luke and those guys and. That house was being renovated, and in front of the house was a porta potty. And we were just walking by there one day, and it was like kind of dusk. And naturally, we were like, you know what we need to do is push that porta potty over. over. So, <laughs> yep. we, so we pushed the porta potty over. The next day, we go back, <clears throat> and it's upright, and they've cleaned up. So we push it over again, naturally. Um, the following day, there was an unmarked Evanston police car parked on the street and they had chained the porta potty to a dumpster, right? With a like chained and locked the porta potty to the dumpster. Well, we walked by, we went like past there to go do whatever we were doing. Excuse me. And we came back. The car, the cop car was gone. So we walked over to check out the porta potty situation. Well, they hadn't locked the padlock. So we took the padlock off wrapped the chain around the padlock and then threw it into the porta potty and tipped it over. Oh my god. <laughs> and then that same the day after that we discovered this long road of porta potties and we would just go oh down. <laughs> we would just go. this is psychotic. Some these are memories I have to shout out of my head sometimes when I'm trying to go to sleep. 
Because I'm like, you yeah, were pro- yeah. you were an actual psychotic person. Who does this with their time? And why did everyone I know love it so much? Because we spent some time, we would just walk down that alley and push over all the porta potties, you know? I mean, North oh, Evanston smelled like a porta potty for like a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That must have been awful, especially because like one of my best friends lives right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, well, most of the, yeah, a lot of people I knew lived off of that alley. Yeah. I'm sure some of those porta yeah. bodies had something to do with their houses, but I mean, it got, it, it, it got bad. Like it got to the point where we were bringing like guest tippers along. Like we'd bump into somebody and they'd be like, what are you guys about to do? We'd be like, Hey, you should come with us. We, oh my God. We found <laughs> We found this new source of limitless enjoyment, like to the point where I remember one night it was like seven people walking down this alley just for the thrill of pushing these porta potties over. Oh my gosh, the community and the police must have hated you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, then the, the way it ended was it was like on the backside of Harrison. Um, and. There was a house that was under construction. And they had a porta potty, and you could hear they were having like a party or something. Like everybody was outside, you could hear people partying, and we wouldn't be denied, you know. Like we weren't gonna yeah. not tip that porta potty over, even though we felt like the reason all these people in the neighborhood were outside was because they wanted to find out who was spilling shit all over their neighborhood. So, oh my god! And I remember it was like five of us, and we pushed over the porta potty, and I heard someone in the backyard yell, "There it goes!" And a cop who looked like <laughs> Jerry Rice busted out from one of the gates in one of the backyards, and like he was moving like the Terminator, like instantly and we all scattered. And it, you know, this, this is the other wild thing about that. None of us got caught because we were such weird street urchins in that part of the town that, that like everybody knew not to run straight. It was like everyone scattered over a fence, over another fence, into a different alley. We all knew 18 different ways to get back to our homes. And then that was it. After that, like that, the whole rest of that summer, the police department had a car just riding up and down that alley. And it was one of the first, (laughs) I'd have to say it was one of the earliest times in my life where I felt really good about getting away with something that was unnecessary and stupid. Yeah. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> Just I love those times. Back, I remember a background. It does, like I remember those memories being like that's not what a lot of people like we talk I talk about those memories that I have too of the same kind of like shit that you did. Yeah. And just the shit that you got away with. Yeah. And like other people never had those types of memories. And I'm like, that's so unfortunate because those times are like what makes you, what makes us Evanstonians like yeah. just as strong and um, like just as fighters as we are. We're just natural fighters. Like yep. we're just able to like persevere through so many different situations. Well, and the so, other like, thing about Evanstonians, like my- oh, good. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, that that is one benchmark too that I think was one of the things I really didn't appreciate about us or any of us until I moved away 
is that we are uniquely suited. And I, oh yeah, I also have to say, I certainly appreciate a beautiful, intelligent woman uh, justifying my behavior at that age, by the way. Like, yeah, man, I'm glad Sorry, you took yes. all those porta-potties over. Because sometimes I, I feel bad. any rebellion. Yeah, but so... <laughs> But I will say, though, too, that like people I've met from Evanston, like oddly enough, you know, I went to college down here. I went to college in Macon, Georgia, and I actually had a professor, Matt Jennings, who is from Evanston. He's a little older than us, but it was really weird bumping into a guy like that. And it goes across the board like there is something really unique about having grown up in Evanston that makes you equipped for almost any scenario because the yeah. because the the reality of everyone we grew up with it very it's such a varied rainbow of humanity that mm -hmm. it's it's difficult for you to be in a situation you're like grotesquely uncomfortable with you know yeah exactly exactly yeah, we're all like the most adaptive people like my my best friend hannah she says like evans and people like we're scrappy yeah so yeah we, we are. And like, I think that that's like a true definition of like who we are. We're like classy, trashy, scrappy. That's right. Well, rebels. Yeah. And it's funny too, growing up in a place like that, you know, where like someone from the outside wouldn't understand it, but you know, oh, yeah. there is a, there is a night and day difference between people who grew up in Evanston and people who grew up in Wilmette. You know what I mean? It's like we're like yeah. hillbillies to those people. You know, once you cross Isabella yeah. and you're in Wilmette, those are like a, a, a different. Those are more of like the John Hughes 80s bully characters. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. whereas like, you know, we all all of us from the North Shore feel comfort in those John Hughes movies, but they are slightly more difficult to relate to because Evanston was so much more vibrant than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's exactly. like you have that cast exactly. of characters plus another hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we all hung out with each other without any like issue. Yeah. There was never like a judgment or no. anything on anyone. Yeah. You were friends with whoever. Like, I was a part of like twenty different groups all at one time. Yeah. Well, I never remember like being with just one because. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, there towards, cool. you know, there towards the end of the time, I was part of a particularly <laughs> ruthless group of people. Yeah. There. <laughs> okay. you know, to, yeah, that was all just a natural progression of behaving like an asshole. But the uh, but that is true, though. And that that's a real unique characteristic, too. Um, and it, it really shone through when I went into the Air Force because people most people I met, I didn't realize were like super insular and were like, no, I need to be friends with people who look like me and who are from where I'm from or think like how I think. But that, that's definitely something we all developed living in Evanston is truly the ability to judge people by the content of their character. And if somebody's cool, even if they're into shit, I don't care about. They're cool. And I want yeah, I want to I want to cool. hang out with them, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I can talk to a wall and be fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and we're all getting a lot of practice talking like to the walls right that. now. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. But look, so um, I uh, I definitely did want to, other than just, you know, walk down memory lane, make sure that I gave you an opportunity uh, to talk about your business. Uh, you are the uh, CEO director, creator, uh, HBIC, head of HR at uh, The Cool People. Um, and, yeah. and I think your product is uniquely suited to these times, obviously, because 
you know, a lot of people are stuck at home and one of the best possible ways to keep yourself from going nuts that I can attest to, because I'll tell you, like the first two weeks of this thing, all I did was like drink and be scared. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was all I did. And I'm telling you, the first day I jumped on the exercise bike and spent 45 minutes working out, the immediate impact that had on my mood and like how I felt like I was going to be able to deal with the situation was immediately apparent. Yes, definitely. And I think everybody has started to realize that too, is that like we did, we all went through the first two weeks of like, how do we handle this? Is this like a vacation? How do I like, what do I do with myself? So now I'm just eating and drinking and Mm -hmm. sleeping and scared and, everybody's just like gaining weight and nobody wants to be doing that because they're like well when i you know get back to normal life like i can't look like a completely different person so now everybody's like jumping on the on the treadmill and and instagram live and doing all their workout videos and i think it's so great because if everybody can be like using this time to get healthy to do the things that you've wanted to do for so long that life has has impaired you to be able to do like I think that this is the best time to be able to do that yeah and and in in these times too the I don't mean to harp on it but like it's really also important to be taking care of your immune system you know what I mean and taking care of yourself mentally and physically at the same time and uh so I don't I don't necessarily want to be like, so give me your prospectus on what you do. But so from what I understand, though, so like, you know, your company sells um, workout attire. Is, is it are you are you strictly in the yoga clothing line? Are you doing oversized shirts and sweatpants and stuff yet? Yeah, so I have I don't have like oversized shirts, but of course you can buy sizes up to. I believe I carry in men's sizes all the way up to 6XL. Oh, God. And then that's in a, women's, I have up to <laughs> that's 3XL. That's yeah. sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's large sizes. Like, I'm not, um, I'm not discriminating against anybody. Everybody, you know, should be healthy. And you if start we somewhere. have the opportunity to do it, you know, yeah, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I created, I just created the cool people. So that everybody could look really cool while they're working out. Like, why do we all have to be looking the same and be in black leggings? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, black makes you look skinny, but like, not every woman and man wants to look skinny, and not every woman wants to look skinny all the time, does she? Or, or does she want to look like really cool and different and stand out? Everybody wants to be unique. Absolutely. So I wanted to create that for everybody, and then. On top of it, I was very, I'm a very conscious person about everything that I consume in life. And my husband works in retail and, and I used to work in retail and, and I saw the, the mass produced market out there mm-hmm. and you just see all of this waste and you're, it has to bother every single person. I cannot imagine anybody looking at that and being like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter, and we all need to do our part, whether it's, like, as small as just picking up a piece of trash when you're in a parking lot that you see that somebody left behind, or buying all, like, eco-clothes. So I wanted to create an activewear line, and if everybody wants to be health-conscious and should be health-conscious, I I wanted everybody to, you know, like I said, look cool. 
yeah, doing it. it. And so. now's the time to get on board. And I will be the first to admit that I don't know dick about yoga clothes, but I like it, from the outset when you first started putting stuff out, I was taken by a lot of your designs. Like I, I, yeah, I like the use of colors you have. There is something kind of throwbacky about some of your designs that kind of remind me of like jams and like there's like you know like it's more subdued, but there's sort of like a '90s vibe to some of your color schemes that really is super yeah. popular right now. Um, I do have to mention though, the guy I used to do the podcast with Tony, um, he moved to LA in December, uh, and then that's when coronavirus started. So I've been trying to remind people that definitely the government's cause he went and got a new government job out in LA and the government definitely separated us so that we couldn't solve this problem. Um, it was to uh -huh. total conspiracy, but he owns a company called shirtcaviar.com and he makes like graphic t-shirts and pants and shoes and backpacks and stuff. So I may put you guys in communication. You should check out some of his designs because I thought that would maybe be a neat collaboration because he has a lot of real like abstract uh -huh. kind of like psychedelic designs that he uses on his uh, the stuff he designs. Oh, cool! Yeah, but no, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've been very, I've been very taken by uh, what you've been up to from the beginning. Thank you. Yeah, and for uh, thank you, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm being absolutely serious. You know, I, I really get a kick out of people I know taking that step. You know, and like, you know, because I. If anyone listens to this podcast, I'm a firm believer in not taking yourself too seriously. And that's kind of what this whole mm -hmm. podcast is about for me. But I take the process seriously. Like, I do know that I have to come in here and bang a couple podcasts out a week or I'm never going to get any better yeah. at it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You don't yeah. ever progress. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just you know, standing. I'm thrilled and I'm stoked to have you on to promote it. Uh, for people who are uh, watching the YouTube video, I have the. Uh, I have the website pulled up on the TV here. The website is thecoolpeople.com. People is PPL. Uh, the rest of it is spelled as it should be. And uh, because I've been stuck in the house for 45 days, I have the model up here who is modeling uh, the Athena line, I believe. Uh, Agathena. Agathena? Yeah, the Agathena Emperor Butterfly. So yeah. just so everybody can look at that. Yeah. Because that is... So everybody... Good. So I can just explain to everybody like uh, what I had, my intention behind this is that everything is inspired by art and nature. Mm -hmm. And so each collection is either art or it's nature. Some of the collections, possibly in the future, wink, wink, will be um, a collaboration of the two of them together. Nice. But um, so you will see like retro prints because I'm a big art person. I've been a graphic designer for, and I have my own graphic design company, and that's where, like, it also relates to what you were saying is, like, you have to continue to grow, and so I've been doing graphic design for 11 years now, and, and I knew that I wanted to combine fashion, but there was just never a right point, and I don't think that there is ever a right point to start a new adventure, mm -mm. but I eventually had to do it, and from there, it's only grown my graphic design skills as well as now I can put it into fashion and move forward with that and keep doing graphic design as I do. Absolutely. So I, I, let me ask so. you, let me ask you this. Cause this is something that I have learned. Cause I, you know, I'm a guy who's made a few mistakes in my life, but the one thing that I really have learned and it, and it was the podcast actually that taught it to me. It wasn't the military. It wasn't business. It wasn't sales. The thing that really taught it to me was doing the podcast. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I like I always try to tell people that literally 
whether you're doing a podcast or you're starting a business or you want to learn how to draw literally or you want to graduate from college the hardest part is doing it like literally the most difficult part of any of it the hardest part about starting working out is putting on your shoes and going for a walk the hardest yeah. part the hardest part of what you do is sitting down and doing it it's you know it's yeah. executing because you you know you are a, you know you're a person you have x amount of experience you have x amount of intelligence you're going to be able to put it together but you have to sit down and do it and you have to blow it a bunch of times for some people yeah you know what i mean yeah. and you can't look at it you know you have to look at it like a scientist like okay well that didn't work out what did i learn from that you know yeah and that's definitely yeah. been the deal with this podcast now i mean i will admit that most of this podcast is you know shit jokes but you know even to be good at telling shit jokes you have to put in the time you know yeah exactly you gotta keep learning like i was talking about this earlier one point to that i also think about with business is that when this specifically comes to business is you can never go into business for money yeah because Business is not about that. The money will come, but you have to be um, okay with failure. Yeah. And to be okay with failure means you may not make money, but that's okay. Do something that you want that's only going to, as a human being, we always have to keep growing. Yeah, you become, an employee. You become an employee of a business for money. You don't, you know, you don't start out in your own venture assuming that you're going to be Bill Gates. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And never, like I, I was explaining to like a friend of mine, um, that the weird thing about business, and I don't know if this has happened to you or not, but something that has always happened to me ever since I left Evanston from, like, I remember like the couple of weeks before, I, I knew that I was moving to California right after high school, about two months after high school. Mm -hmm. And I had decided that at the beginning of the year. Um, I had like my, my small group of friends, it was senior year and I was like, yes, I'm ready to do this. And then like, I get, I end up getting a boyfriend right at the end of school, like two months before I move away. And then I like have this really great group of friends and I have a really great job and everything is really great right before, but I have to stay focused on what I'm doing and I can't get held back. Absolutely. And with every every move that I've ever made to better myself, it's always been that way, that things are put in front of me right beforehand that mm -hmm. make me always rethink my next step, but then I always have to stay focused and on like what my end goal is yeah. for that time period and never just be held back because that's like living in fear, like, oh, well, if I go through with this, then I'll lose this. No, you won't. You you have gained that, and now you get to carry that with you. Yep. And so that was put in front of you as, like, a, a, a challenge, and we always have to, like, break through those challenges. Yeah. And we'll be successful. You just have to believe in yourself. Yeah, and that's... Everybody can do it. Yeah, see, and that's the... That's, you know, that speaks to what I was kind of trying to get at. You really orated it very well because that's what I always try to tell people about anything is that, like, anything you do, the hardest part of it is doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it sounds really silly, but, like, like, I don't know anybody who flunked out of college who went to class every day. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who flunked mm-hmm. out of college who turned who ne- who was un you know who refused to get a zero and they showed up to class every day. There are probably no yeah. people in the world who went to class every day and turned every assignment in and flunked out of college. You know, I mean, unless they were you know trying to be an astrophysicist and they didn't know math that that could derail you pretty quickly. But generally, if you apply yourself to anything, and you know, the podcast isn't you know it, it's 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 becoming a small business, but it it was never my intention. Literally, my my main intention with the podcast was to make it for like twelve people most of whom you know and just get and just get better at speaking and get better at conveying funny ideas and to every now and yeah, then upset people awesome. it was really it's it has been from its inception a, an exercise in absolute nonsense it was at, right out of the gate it was my goal to be like this podcast i want this to be really silly you know what i mean like i yeah. and and it turns out Life isn't very silly all the time. So I came in here on, you know, days where I wasn't having a great day and was able to sit down and make silly shit happen. And that only benefited me in my real life also. And me and the, you know, couple hundred people now who listen to the podcast uh, audio feeds, you know, I would like all of you to start mm-hmm. watching the YouTube videos because it's a big pain in the ass uploading those YouTube videos. But I'll keep doing it because, you know, the hardest part about doing it is doing it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. You know, I, I that's amazing. I remember your first, your first Facebook post when you had said like I'm starting a podcast, and it's just and I think you, you mentioned like it's going to be like sports related, but we're going to talk about like everything, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be funny. Yeah. And like I just remember like the random moment. It was just you like putting it out there, like I'm going to start this, and I don't care who listens, but if you want to hear me, like. Yeah, and I'll be here, and I'll be here every week. Yeah, that was the interesting thing about when the podcast first started was because I was doing it with a buddy of mine, and you know the only thing we and him ever really talked about was sports. So I was like, well, we'll make it a sports podcast, but we will like almost never talk about sports. Well, that got (laughs) that got confusing for other guests and for people who were listening because it was kind of unfair to everybody. It was like unfair to people who wanted (laughs) to hear me talk about sports. And all I was talking about was lizard people. And then it was unfair to people who wanted to hear me talk about lizard people because occasionally I was talking about sports. So that was it was. (laughs) But see, and that's the thing. I was uh, like I was like 118 episodes into doing this when I was like you know what where well, i need to change the format that was when it became the one Graham army podcast i just was like well, i'm renaming all the pages and making a new logo and changing the way this works that's so funny and then and from and there everyone seems, you know, you, everyone seems to be much hey. happier with that and it was almost immediate and then it was you know and then you know i'd known tony for years and he had been talking about doing a podcast and i was like i can't carry this stupid thing by myself i need to bring somebody else in here and that was when it kind of started snowball and that was when i started seeing like you know a, you know instead of 12 people 100 people were downloading the podcast every week and then it was like 150 people and that was when i started getting nervous cuz i was like that's way too big of an audience of people to be listening to anything i have to say about anything <laughs> Nothing I say like, should be being expo- being exposed to that many people. Yeah, I would look at that as being like the most proud moment. Like yeah. you're like, oh, I this is like amazing that people want to hear me. Yeah, it was it. You know, I'm very self-effacing, and I'm I'm someone who it's difficult to get under my skin because I'm acutely aware of the things that are wrong with me. And I, uh, <laughs> the, my initial reaction was like, what have I done? 
you know. <laughs> like, what have I done? I, have, I know you do. You, you get scared. Yeah, that well, and I takes in of like. Well, there's a part of me too, because like you know, I work in sales, like you know, like pretty like high level, like high dollar sales, like for a profession. And I was like, oh god, people are listening to my. Po- what if one of my customers tunes in and sees me and Tony laughing about some like white supremacist dude in a cardinal shirt? Like, why? Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> this is all said and done. Yeah. Like, but you got, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. This is my, you know, this is where I get my catharsis in my life is coming yeah. goofing off. And I do want to tell you too, cause we are kind of running out of time, uh, just yeah. because of a, yeah. it's a megabytes issue with the upload of the podcast, but the, uh, I'm really happy you did this. And I, I was very surprised you were so game. Oh, no, I really appreciate this. This is awesome. I would love to do this again. Oh, sta- this is great. Standing invitation. Yeah, I'll, t- I, you know, I'll, I'll be in touch. You know, we can do this every few weeks if you want. Or, and I also let you know, too, uh, you'll see it on the post. If you ever just bored in the middle of the night and have some kind of wacky thought and you want me to riff on it, you can call this number I called you from and leave a message. That's the one. Uh-huh. It's the one Graham Army hotline. People call it. And they leave a message. And then uh, especially now that we're in quarantine, now every Saturday I sit down at two o'clock in the afternoon and I do a live stream and I play the messages from the hotline and just talk about them. You know what I mean? And then, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. So I had like four ideas earlier this week and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like write these down because this shit only gets thought about like when you're secluded by yourself for six weeks yep and if you want somebody to bounce it off of yeah if you want somebody to bounce it off of just leave yeah leave leave it right there yeah no you were you're officially a general you're a member of the one grand army podcast family and we're a hard we're a hard group to get away from yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, but you know what you're like we talked about earlier uh, you're perfectly comfortable in a group of you know ragtag misfits that are you know goofing off yes exactly you know Making shit jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Making shit jokes. Yep. I love it. Yeah, but I, I am, I am gonna let you get back to, uh, get back to your things, and uh, I'm gonna wrap this up uh, <laughs> for the mercy of the uh, bandwidth on my website. But I, I do appreciate, wow. I really do appreciate you, uh, Annie. And uh, well, I'll be in touch. And you have my number now too. So, yeah. like I said, if you ever come up with anything and you want to do an episode or you want to just leave a message and bump it off of somebody, you're more than welcome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Graham. And for everybody that listens, you know, thank you for listening to Graham because he's <laughs> one great guy. Oh, that is so sweet. But yeah, and then I will tell everybody, make sure you visit thecoolpeople.com. People is PPL. And I'm going to let you go here so I can wrap this up. All right. Sounds good. All Have right. a good night. All right, Annie, you do the same. Be you safe. guys be safe. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. Annie Walker. Uh, and I do, I, I am being genuine too. When I say though, that Annie's uh, collection is very impressive and I, you know, I wouldn't, if, if someone was like, Oh, I make yoga pants and it looked like trash bags. I would have, you know, waited until I felt like it was a product that the discerning members of my audience would really enjoy. But I am very proud of Annie and we've known each other for many years and we, you know, it's weird. It's like, we're like a long lost family, that big group of idiots, but that's enough of me. I hope you enjoyed that interview. We will have Annie back. This was a lengthy episode by comparison, um, but where do you got to be? Right here uh, for the podcast episodes. And don't forget to go to twitch.tv slash onegramarmy and join me for the live streams on Saturday. Other than that, you know how to get to this podcast because you got to it. And uh, I love you all and be very safe. And uh, good night, everyone. Welcome. 
One gram. One gram. Welcome to the One Gram Army podcast. Welcome. One gram. Welcome. One one gram. Welcome. One gram. Welcome to the One Gram Army podcast.